Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. Now this radio show is a somber one and it's even a disturbing one. And there is an article coming out about the details of it. And it's a radio show that got slotted in this week because... Myself and my dear friend Margie felt very passionate about sharing this message and this radio show is all about she left it too long to leave. And I really urge the community that no matter how triggered or how much in pain you're in, I really want you to listen to this radio show. It is just, I cannot emphasize how important it is. And I really want you to share it widely. This is a message that really does need to get passed on. So what this is about, Margie is going to um, Margie's going to open with explaining what this is about, and then we're both going to discuss it together. So Margie, thank you so much for in such short notice coming on the radio show. That's my pleasure, Mel. I'm very, very pleased to be here and I'm very, very grateful to you at the fact that um, when I emailed you that you were so um, willing and happy to share this because for the NART community um, and anybody listening, I really hope that you listen to this through and through and really understand the seriousness of what you really can actually be dealing with and how the effect on your life can be probably even greater than what you really understand. Yeah. So, Maggie, you know, before we get into your dear friend's story, you know, we just want to really, when you and I connected about two years ago, you were going through, you know, a very, very serious time. You were not abused. You were hooked. You were going back in and back out, which so many of us did, and you'd been diagnosed with breast cancer and you know, when we met and we connected, it it was a serious thing. It was a a serious cancer. It was a serious situation. And I remember at that time, you believed that you might be battling for your life and that this was a huge wake-up call. Now, fortunately, you know, and you can share a little bit about this, but, you know, fortunately, you you broke through. You're cancer-free now. You're living the most glorious level of your life that you ever have you've got a fantastic guy in your life beautiful relationship you know there's so much that's going right but if we can just go back to that point and and what you realized two years ago when when you had your cancer scare yeah look mel um when i contacted you as i've as I as I first said, and I knew, you know, I I never forget the first conversation we had, and you know, you rated my um, pieces that I was separated. Um, you know, it was like ten thousand, um, and I at the time I I knew I was broken, um, 
and I was in a bad way. Um, I'd been diagnosed um, with breast cancer. I knew um, within my own, every part of my being that that breast cancer was a result of me um, not dealing and staying um, in the relationship that I was in, trying to fix it. Um, I actually have a reference book that's just fantastic and I knew that when I researched, I knew that breast cancer was a, a major sign of not loving yourself and I really, it was the biggest wake-up call in my life because I knew that if I didn't fix my life and change my life, then I was in serious, serious trouble because I have no history of breast cancer in my family. Um, even the um, doctors said to me, you have really drawn the straw here um, because I had ticked every other box. I'm a non-smoker, etc., etc. I've always eaten very well, been very fit, and I just knew. I, I just knew. I, I, you know, and that was a big turnaround point because I was really fighting for my life and I believed that if I actually did do the work and get out of this craziness that I was just so addicted to and living that um, my chances of this cancer going and never returning and surviving it were going to be so much, so much, well, you know, it just wasn't going to be an option. It, was, it had to be done. I just, I knew it. I could sense it within my whole being that that was so important. You know, Maggie, I, so I've believed for a long time as an energetic healer that dis-ease is emotional. That it, it is. Yes, it has an emotional basis, you know, and yeah. the further that we are connected from our real selves, our, our true life and the true generation of our life, the further we are away from that and narcissistic abuse is that horrifically on every level. We know that. The more intense the emotional pain is, the more we are not at ease, we're in disease and the emotional body breaks down and then if we're still not getting it, the physical body breaks down and the warning signs of that are the things like uh, complicated and post-traumatic stress disorder, agoraphobia, you know, being um, out-of-body experiences, panic attacks, you know, that, that is all the emotional nervous system and the body starting to break down. And then if, if we go further with that, if we keep staying and subjecting ourselves to that sort of level of trauma, eventually the body has got to break down. Well, you're 100% you're 100% right because I know that while, you know, as we all know, anybody that's trying to reason, make sense of, um, you know, I'm in other areas, I'm a very strong person and I was going to, a bit like you Mel, you know, I was going to fix this because I just wanted back that, you know, that first 12 months, you know, that, that wonderful honeymoon period. I, I look back now and I just think, where was my head? <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, you know, the, the feeling, that's one thing that's really resonated for me, the feeling and, and when you talk about, you know, the disassociation within yourself, that the whole cells of your body, it, it just, you know, you can feel it, that, that cringe, that 
um, you know, with the addiction, the peptide addiction, it's just the whole thing. It, your body has to absorb it. It has to go somewhere. And, you, and that's where the danger really is. And that's why I know within myself that I put my physical body under so much stress. It was absorbing, it was absorbing so much negative energy. It, 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 it had nowhere to go. It had to, it had to manifest into something because it just, I, I just know that that's exactly the way it worked and it did work that way. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And anybody that's, you know, anybody that's in, that abusive situation where you feel like you're going crazy, you're trying to make reason out of anything or things that get said to you that just pull you down because you're constantly, you know, just being um, brought down all the time. You, you can feel within yourself. You know it's... You just cannot deny... Well, you can deny it like I did and keep it up because, like... I was in a long-term relationship too and um, yeah, that's going to be the result there. You know, mm. something has to give somewhere, you know. It, I'm not... mm, it does, it does. You know, that feeling, I've said it before and I know lots of people relate to it, ice through your veins. Yes. That ice through your veins that you're getting through narcissistic abuse and, and the aftermath, of course, when you're in aftershock, you know, until you can heal the cells of your body from the inside out, you know, what sort of trauma is that to feel ice through your veins, literally, constantly, mm. as constant adrenaline surges and survival programs that are activated because you think you're going to die. You, you literally, um, you, and that's where being with a narcissist is not life affirming, it's not life giving, it is stripping you down into the exact opposite. Well, it just, it drains you. It's, 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 you've got no energy. You've got, you're constantly, as I would say, in the darkness. And I, I will refer to that because it is such a dark place to be. You know, it's depressing. It's, it's just psychologically battering. Um, you you don't even really you don't you're so lost in it that you cannot even really um, make any sense of it when you're in that bad place. That at the point you know, as I said to you when I initially spoke to you, you know, I was feeling suicidal um, because I just thought m my life was just. It, it was terrible. The end, there was no positive. There was no positivity anywhere, and it just was such a terrible terrible place to be and I'm so you know to everybody listening you know Mel has always been so right it comes from the inside out you know I remember listening um, I listened to every podcast that she'd put out continually because you have to do the work from the inside it's your body that fixes it and not your mind you have to do the work through your body and it's a really um it can be a really difficult concept to get your head around but keep working at that and never ever give up because it is possible once the penny drops it dropped it's like when it dropped for me it was just huge i got it and i understood it because your body and your and living through your heart and and living out of your mind you will never fix anything through your mind it 
it, it cannot be done and it just keeps you in that enmeshment um, and feeling like I remember the first quanta healing session I had with you Mel it was just it was the biggest relief I couldn't understand at the time how or why it gave me this massive release it was probably in my case um, everyone's different it was probably 24 hours after I'd had the first session I just felt different and you know that's where it boils back to your body because your body is telling you you just know the way you're feeling and it was mm. just a miracle like it gave me hope it absolutely gave me hope mm. and it just, it, it just went from there because I was not only dealing for you know with trying to deal with the emotional side of it I also had all the um, physical medical side of my treatment for my breast cancer so I I had to get myself or find something and the quanta mm. healing was just it was a miracle and it really really was mm. and and that is just you know that that's why I've been so grateful to you mm. um, for the work that you do and what you share because basically as I've said to you a million times you were a big catalyst in saving my life Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's been gorgeous that we've had this friendship develop and, you know, one of the main reasons that Margie and I became so close and she came down and stayed with me recently and, you know, we share a love of horses and all sorts of things and it's because when I met Margie, Margie was like, okay, I'm here to do the work. I'm here to totally take 100% radical responsibility and I'm here to up-level my life. I'm here to transform those old wounded parts of myself that have co-created this experience and I want to evolve. And I'm happy to say that, you know, Margie, you are one of the most incredible, dynamic, evolved, wise, beautifully in her feminine power women that I know. You know, and Margie did not represent like I didn't and like so many people haven't you know she did two two years ago she represent represented a really hooked addicted you know woman trying to generate her life and her power from a really wounded inner center which was you know showing up as completely battered and shattered and you've done that you've done that you know in well you've done it for quite a while now it's not like you've hit this point now two years later but you know I'm really honored to have you in my life because even when you came down and we spent time together you know you're my teacher too now like I got so much out of you and you know where you're on your journey now into this whole evolution and you sent me oneness and you know it's just gorgeous sharing that growth and evolution and liberation with people that are really up leveling and transcending their old patterns into futures and lives that we never had access to before doing this work that's so exciting but you know that's our cool story that's our stuff and let's let's now we really need to get to the reason for this for why we're doing this interview tonight and why we're both really passionate about it so so Margie I'll have you share the story about what's what's happened with this really dear girlfriend of yours yeah um <coughs> One of my very long-term friends, Mel, we met when we were in our very early 20s and had some absolutely fantastic, shared some fantastic times together and um, long-term friends and 
recently, yeah, she was she was devastated when I was diagnosed um, two years ago, and I got a phone call from her back in um, September, early September, um, and she said to me that she'd been diagnosed with um, cancer and that she had a a massive tumour that was attached to a kidney. She just had a pain in her back and it had been there for a little while and anyway, she ended up going into the emergency room and yeah, boy, did her life change that night. You know, a 10 centimetre tumour that was attached to a kidney. Um, She had spots, secondary spots in um, her lungs and liver Um, and then they also discovered that there was a massive tumour wrapped around a major artery in her microstomach area region there Um, and I was I knew at the time when especially when she she didn't even realize what she was saying when she was referring to the spots I knew they were secondary and how serious and how dangerous that was just gonna be and I was thinking my goodness I'm gonna lose my friend in the next 12 months, 18 months and I was just devastated because it was it was very, very serious. Anyway, she had an absolute um, will to live and the team at the hospital that she was at, they decided to perform the surgery. It was a very dangerous seven hour operation um, because of the growth being wrapped around her artery. They said you know, she may not even make it out of the surgery, but she did, which was just fantastic. And, um, you know, she was extremely thrilled that it had been successful. Anyway, um, it was, and it's funny the way things happen. You know, everything, there is a lesson in everything that happens, you know, and even to the point in the September, um, I was going to try and get up there after her surgery, but Um, it didn't eventuate and I know now without any hesitation that that was just the way it was meant to be and pan out of course we've been in constant communication and at that point in time you know um, I thought well I'll also pop up and see her Um, you know she's got plenty of time I'll go up and see her after Christmas and by that way she'd been inundated you know what it's like with visitors it'll be a good time anyway I received a text message from her probably or oh, maybe two weeks ago not even and she said that she was back in hospital and that since they had performed the surgery that the cancer had gone rampant which apparently for some reason can be common to the point that the cancer had actually um, she's got um, fractures in her back from where the, the cancer had also got into her bones and attacked that it was just they it was just horrific and she said that she may only have um, maybe 11 weeks to live 10 or 11 weeks to live and I was just devastated it was I phoned her and it was probably one of the worst hardest phone calls to speak to somebody that you really love and care about and have shared so much with your life with to say that um, she knew that she was going to die and that she'd been given 11 weeks to live. Anyway, of course, that was just absolutely devastating. And um, and then probably five days later, I got another call 
saying that um, she'd had a really major turn for the worst and that she perhaps only had um, days, days, maybe a week to live because there's fluid or organs were shutting down. Like she weighs probably about, you know, in the very low 30 kilos. Um, so hence, of course, I was on a mission to absolutely get to her and, and see my beautiful friend before I lost her. And uh, anyway, I arrived and I was so lucky I was able to stay at the hospital with her um, because she is in palliative care um, in there at the moment and I was just so overjoyed to think, well, you know, we're going to have some really good quality time together. Anyway, um, just bear with me because this is quite difficult. Anyway, we... um, You're doing great, Dan. We we were in the hospital and we were up late because we we had to wait for um, the nurses to um, do what they had to do with medication and her mobile phone rang. Anyway, um, I actually answered the phone first off and it was a lady that was asking to speak to her partner like this is at 12.30 in the morning like pretty unusual time to be getting a phone call and um, mm. and I said to her I'm sorry who are you after and, and she repeated it again and um, and I said to her oh okay um, and then I said to her oh how do you know him because I knew that this I just sent she straight away something wasn't right and she said to me, oh, I've, um, she said, oh, I've met him through the internet. Well, you can imagine my shock horror, my girlfriend's laying in the bed looking at me and she just said to me, give me the phone, can you, can you, you know, please pass the phone and, um, and then she proceeded to say to this lady, who are you, you know, repeated it again, who are you after and, you know, this woman then proceeded to say that, Yes, she was after her partner and, and my girlfriend was, you know, she just instantly said, like, what? Like, you know, basically, do you realise that, you know, I'm his partner of 28 years, I, I don't know what's going on or um, what this call's all about? And, you know, the woman on the end of the phone proceeded to say, yes, that she'd met him on the internet and that um, she just wanted to chat with him. And and my girlfriend then proceeded to say to her, well, you know, can you please lose my number? And um, I don't know why you're calling my phone. But then she realised because they'd been swapping mobile phones, um, obviously he had given the wrong number out because he'd been using um, both the phones. And that was just purely an accident. And, of course... um, my girlfriend was just hysterical. I mean, here she is. She just kept saying to me, um, I, I can't believe this. I, I'm not even gone. Like, I'm dying. And here he is on the internet. And she said, he can't even wait to replace me until I'm buried. And I just, well, you can imagine for me, I was just looking at her. She was just, she was starting to hyperventilate. I, I was thinking, I just, grabbed her and said to her, you know, I was just hugging her and holding her and, and, and hoping that she, you know, she was just short of breath and um, I was thinking, oh, am I going to call the nurse? What am I, you know, what am I going to do? But at that point in time, the nurses had actually walked in because they were due to um, adjust her medication and, 
you know, they were gravely concerned and it was just surreal. I, I still cannot believe that she was saying to me, how could he do this to me? How could he do this? That's all she kept saying was, how could, what have I done to deserve this? And I'm mm. just sitting there thinking absolutely nothing. I, I'm so glad that I had have got myself into such a good place within my own self because I was actually able to... I know that this is going to sound a bit crazy, but I was actually able to really grab hold of her with my own energy and yes. and pass that across to her yes. and before she really lost absolutely lost it um and i i just kept holding her and looking at her and hugging her and saying to her this has got nothing to do with you this is his illness anyway i had also um i i had sent him a text like look I know that I can't remember with the timing because you've got to imagine this was all happening so fast but he actually I'd sent him a text saying are you still up because I wanted to say to him what are you doing what have you done like the nursing staff was still with my friend at this point in time and um, he actually rang and um, and of course I answered the phone and my friend said to me, I want to talk to him, put him on the phone and she was crying and she's like, how could you do that? Like, how could you do this? What, do you, what you can't even wait until I'm gone? And basically his response to her, he just twisted it, put the whole thing back on her, typical narc behaviour. I was just like... I couldn't believe his response was along the lines of, well, I'm sick of looking after you. I've been looking after you for the last, you know, two to three months. I've got the right to have a life and have some happiness in my life. And in the end, she was just like, oh, don't ring me. She was crying. She was just and just devastated, as you can imagine. And then she just hung the phone up and burst in just nearly completely lost it just absolutely destroyed um and i just looked at her and i said to her this is not about you i said he has just dumped this straight back onto you and i said do not even go there i said as hard as it is do not even go there i said this behavior she just for the record doesn't know anything about narcissism she does now because i've shared a lot with her to help her in her last days get some peace for herself um, because she had no idea what narcissism even was and to be quite honest I didn't even realize um, that her partner um, was as narcissistic as he was because you know we've kept in contact via the phone and the friendship's been ours more so than theirs because you know um, I was even shocked I, I was just sitting there reflecting thinking this is the worst case of narcissistic abuse I think that I could ever even imagine and that's why I had to write to you Mel to say because the one thing that went through my mind and I was sitting there looking at her and trying to console her was the fact that you would think under these circumstances that how could somebody do that how could anybody when their wife or partner of 28 years is dying, just be so emotionless, so cold, so callous, so, 
so non-human is the only word that I can describe for it. I, I just, I'm still even a little bit in shock myself because even talking about it now, I'm still like, I cannot believe it. And the one thing that I know is that if anybody thinks that in their darkest hours, especially when those traits are what they are, if you think, and even she said to me, she said, I, I can't believe he's done this. And I sort of thought, I can because he's a narc. He's a narc, and narcs don't have the ability to be anything else but what they are. And that's the message that's so important. If you really think that things are going to get better, or that in your darkest hour, and what more of a dark hour could anybody ever get than to be in that situation? And mm. it it yeah. just was. Yeah. Absolutely, it's it's just well, it's unspeakable. It's well, we've spoken it, but we just you can't wrap your head around that. It's as we can't with narcs, and you know, Margie, in reflection, looking back at because you've known your friend for a long time, and the twenty eight years, yeah. Now that you know what you do, and you know, she told you about mental and physical abuse, and oh yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and he'd been projecting onto her that, you know, bringing up old boyfriends before they met 30 years ago and that he thinks that she's having an affair with, you know, a couple that are dear friends of hers. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, this, well, you see, of course, you know, once this trauma had really hit her, of course, she just opened up even more so and all this... She she basically, she said to me that, um, you know, she said that she actually, she turned around, Mel, and she said to me, as I've already shared with you, um, she said to me, she said, she asked me a question and she said, she said, I want to, I just want to know what you think about something. And I said, what, darling? She said to me, um... She said, where my cancer is, all through the middle of my body and my kidneys, she said, I really, she said, I think that that's why I've got cancer because of all the abuse, because she suffered physical abuse as well as emotional abuse. And she actually told me of an incident that involved that region in her body um, where she was severely hurt and she actually, at one point in time, she was bent backwards over a balcony and she said, I a two-story balcony and she said the pain at the time um, because her back was just about you know bent right over this balcony bar in her kidney area and she said to me it was just excruciating and she said to me I just know she said I just know that she said that's why this cancer is where it is she said because it's as her words were it's in the area that I used to used to um, physically was hurt like it was always in that middle region and I said to her, I said, you know, the way I, I think, um, I will say that she's normally not the type of person that would go down that line and when she said it to me, I was just looking at her and I said to her, I have to be honest, I said, I agree 120%. I said, you cannot um, endure that sort of abuse and, and mental abuse on top of it and I said and not for it to, um, you know, not for it to come out and 
she said to me, you know, she she was appreciative of my honesty, and I think that um, even though she's aware of of what's happened, um, I think that the fact that she's actually had that ownership and really um, it sort of resonated for her. I think that as as, as um, strange as it will sound, I think that she actually had some peace in that, like yeah. having that ownership. I know that sounds strange, but yeah, it, it, not to me. No, yeah, not, not to you, to, and not to a lot of people. But people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, once we go back in our body and we do own stuff, it yeah, it 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 does bring peace. It it does. Yeah, and look, I totally, I totally agree. And and the thing was, you know, the emotional and the mental abuse is, is such the terrain and for you know, for a physical, you know, event to to manifest like that. You know, I I really so believe that the physical body is an incredible apparatus but you know once we're you know it's like once we're really not alkaline which means we're not healthy and everything's not working healthily you know when we're really acidic and and acidic can be through really you know bad diet and and self-abuse but it's acidic really is our emotions are acid they're, they're unhealthy. They're, you know, it's just such a breeding ground for cancer. Oh, look, Mel, that's probably a very good way to describe it. Um, it. It is so important to love, and that was one thing that we actually spoke about. Look, you know, and, and just on a quick note on the mental abuse, he did not make contact um, I had left after being there for 48 hours. He sent a text message through. Um, that phone call occurred on a Friday night, and she, I had, we had spent so much time bonding together, and I was trying, and I, I really felt, as I said before, she was. She said to me, "I so wish I could come home with you because I flooded her with every bit of possible energy, a uh, positive energy that I had." And she was really embracing it um, because I was able to get through to her at that point in time that it's definitely not about you and said to her, I said, he is not healthy. He is so unhealthy. I said, it's like a psychopath. I said, they are so unhealthy. And I said, you have to step back and really, and as, as hard as it is, because I've been, as I kept saying to her, I've been where you've been, mm. not to the same degree, obviously. Um, but I said to her, um, health-wise that is, but emotionally-wise, yes, I was where she was. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, mm. And I said to her, you, you have to um, understand that he is so unhealthy and never ever going to change and this is nothing about you. I said to her, this is for you to actually step back and have a look at, I said like I never forget you Mel when you said about the biggest billboard in my life. You know, and that really resonated with me at the time in, you know, in one of your fantastic podcasts. And they are, they're the biggest billboard because you have to step back and, and look at why, you know, as I said to her, we need to ask ourselves and work out why we're staying there. You know, our broken parts and it's, it's, 
it's for us to look at as well like we all know a victim's life as hard as this is and believe me to anybody listening I have been the victim I played the victim more than you could ever imagine absolutely absolutely but a victim's life does not work and it keeps you enmeshed in the nightmare of narcissism it does totally and it spreads like toxic poison because it's just it's not the answer to get out of it and um, you know as we're saying your, your body is so much the key to it absolutely to to move forward and and to and you have to guard that precious body those precious cells in your body they are living um, they are living things and you know it's just so vitally important and that's what this message is here is that think further than just past um, thinking oh you know I'm being narcissistically abused this I can tell you right now this has actually cost my girlfriend her life and it it is there's no if buts or maybes none whatsoever yeah. in regards to that none whatsoever that's the message you know and as I actually state in the article that's going to come out tomorrow is that you know I'm so passionate about this radio show and this article because this is the absolute reason I do what I do and this is the absolute reason people like Margie and I are talking tonight is I have no doubt I would have died mm. I have no doubt I yes. would have, whether it be suicide he kills yep. me or I would have ended up where your girlfriend is Margie there's yeah. no doubt yeah. you know and I and I know I know that there are people out there in palliative care and a lot of them have got children and we won't even go down that path no because no. as a mother I can't even cope thinking about that you know and and the thing is now I'm getting emotional <laughs> yeah I know I know all right. Yeah, and it's, it's, and and look, you know, I, as I said to you, Mel, when I I actually sent an email to Mel when I was sitting at the airport, it just came to me. I didn't think about it; it just came to me. And you know, one of the most important parts that I actually that just came out of this was that, and it's in the, I know that it will be in the blog article is that. You know, I know I used to hope in my own circumstances that in the most devastating circumstances that love and compassion would have to surface and that it wouldn't be humanly possible for it not to be there somewhere. You know, narcissists are a breed of their own, as we all know clearly. And this is such a shocking, this is such shocking behaviour that I couldn't even believe it was true. There was part of me, as I said, that I was in shock. I was like... Mm. I can't even believe this and but you know it is and a healthy mind cannot even make sense of it mm. human cruelty at its worst I mean somebody's somebody is on you know somebody is is in palliative care that they've you know she's kept, kept saying to me you know I've stuck by him I've mm. she was I had to sit there and and I I've you know, listening to her saying, what have I done? Her eyes, her her whole life was just about, you know, what have I done? What what have I done to deserve this? And if I said to her once, 
nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing that anybody could do to deserve this. And because yeah. I've moved so far, narcissism is no longer my reality. And trust me, for everybody listening, this is really important. It was a major part of my life. I'm talking for 14 years. 14 years I did the dance and I crawled out of the biggest, blackest hole that you could ever imagine. And you have to do the work and if you have that trust in yourself and that love for yourself and you commit to doing it, it will turn around because life and source will provide that for you. It has to. I can't explain the way it works. I don't really care the way it works. All as I know is that it does work and you have to have that commitment back to yourself and you have to shift all the pain out of your physical body. Your mind will never, ever fix it and that is a huge message and I'm Mel you agree with that because I know mm. that you understand what I'm trying yeah. what my feelings are on it you know yeah I know and we've had this conversation you know many times and and look right at the start of your journey you got it you got that concept and you know you were at a part place in your life where you know you were suicidal like a lot of us have been plus you had the breast cancer which was a serious one yep. Yep. And you know, it was it was a life threat and and you knew you had to do it conceptually, you knew you had to do it cellularly and then once when you started doing it it became a knowing. You know, and, and it is just so so true that when we've got the pain and the trauma of the emotional pain in our body, which is the subconscious, which controls eighty percent of our life by default usually if we try to get our mind to take control of that, the mind can only go to within the range of what the subconscious body is generating. So our yeah. mind can only ever get stuck in more of the trauma. But once we can shift the subconscious body, the emotion out of the cellular body, which is what energetic healing does, yeah. well then the mind reflects the shift. The yeah. mind follows the body. The body does not follow the mind. The mind follows the body. And that's why we've got it. And it, there, there is nothing like the trauma of narcissistic abuse as far as I'm concerned. And I think for a lot of us in the community, we've been through things in our life that have been huge, challenging and huge, but nothing like this. Nothing like what happens when you get enmeshed into the energy of a no self, of a... Of a, of a psychopath, of a dark being, who's, you know, every, every single motivation is to suck your energy to feed themselves because they cannot, they cannot create their own energy. You know, so this is a typical, typical example of this guy, you know, oh, with, you, with your friend, that, that he cannot wait respectfully, humanly, for narcissistic supply. He's got to go get it because he can't get it from a dying woman. And that's the bottom line. And, and, you know, we all look at this and we go, well, this is horrific, this is horrendous, where's the compassion, where's the empathy? But seriously, this is an up level of that. This is taking it to a whole nother level. But really, only because she's dying. If we have a look at our lives, 
that we've had with narcissists and I'm sure nearly everybody out there in the community listening to this if you've been narcissistically abused you will you will resonate powerfully how many times have you been bereft how many times have you been suicidal how many times have you been nearly vomiting on your tears you're in so much despair and the narcissist keeps hammering keeps pathologically lying keeps maliciously abusing you keeps doing abuse by proxy keeps shredding you down and just will not stop regardless of the state you're in oh look you 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 couldn't have um described it any better i mean like i said to you i'm still i'm still partially um look in shock because I still, and that's why I was so passionate about getting in contact with you and wanting mm. you to put this out there. Because it's just I, I can't even I can't even fathom it. I mean, I do fathom it because mm. I, I I've lived it. So I, I and it's something yeah. you would never forget. But yeah, um, when you step when and that's the interesting thing when it's when when narcissism is no longer your reality, you actually stand back and you think to yourself this is just crazy it's just crazy to just to even comprehend why we put up with abuse that can lead to your death your demise it pulls you so far down and yet you continually stay in it and it's like you know once you step out of it it's like where was my head what was I doing? Mm, and it, and, mm. and it, becomes, it becomes to the point where you just think, what was I doing? And, and that is a beautiful place to be because when mm. you get to that place, you know you're out of it because it, it, you, you know 110% that you are so far out of it. And it is. It's, it, it's, just, it's just craziness. It's absolutely... Mm, and it's dangerous. Mm. You're playing Russian roulette and it's not until the reality really hits you and I would hate for anybody else to have this reality when your health is so severely affected by it as I know mine was and mm. my girl my girlfriend who maybe has maybe weeks maybe a week or two left to live in her life because her organs are all shutting down that that is there's no if buts or maybes about that um you just it's surreal it, it it's just you, mm. you, you it's just so you look back and you think, and I, I know that she's looking back thinking to herself, why wasn't I stronger? Why did I stay? Yeah. Because she yeah. knows the reality. She knows the reality. And yeah. I know she knows it because she told me. She told me, you yeah. know, when yeah. she asked me that question, did I think? And I was like, you know. And she knows and she said that to me, I just know. Mm. And I thought, yeah, you're right, because we do know. We do know. We and, all and we know. All, we always know. We just didn't want to listen. And, and you know, and the addiction and the hooking and the, and the peptide addiction and the trauma bonding, you know, which is how narcissists get away with what they do. You know, they trauma bond you. They addict you to them. And, and it's your head giving you all the excuses and all the cognitive resonance to stay in and all the the false thoughts, you know, that you're meant to be there or that there's hope or that there's this or there's that, you know, and I was like you, Margie, you know, we're both intelligent women that are strong and capable 
And we both said this, that we were going to be the people that were going to fix the narcissist. Oh, look, Mel, you know, I, I think back to... When I say fight, I'm not talking about physical fight. I, I, I didn't have violence, but I had a lot of head trauma, <laughs> a huge amount of head trauma. I had... I had things that would make my head just about do a 360, like some of the things that I was listening to and the lies, and we don't even have to go there on the lies. The, But I, I do really want to share this for people. The one thing that I'm really clear on and I know, and when you're honest with yourself, you, you do know, my body, and again, Mel, you've said this, my body, body was screaming at me absolutely yeah, yeah. not my head my yeah, body was right. screaming at me every gut instinct that I had turned out to be a hundred and twenty percent right that gut instinct for anybody listening that gets a little bit confused is that means when your body and your stomach just about churn and something comes to you that you just feel it you know something's not right um you know and i was gonna fix it no matter what the cost absolutely i was gonna fix it i was gonna be smart i was gonna i came up with all the logic i went back through um, my ex narc's childhood you know talking about the repercussions explaining i um I was very compassionate in areas. Um, I was going to fix it, and I could I could hold down even when he was backed into a corner over things where I knew he was lying. It didn't matter. He would just flip the subject and change it. Like I remember the first time I read your you know your blog articles, it was like my whole life was on there. And let me tell you, the harder you fight to try and fix it, the more danger, the more damage you do to yourself. Forget it. It's it's a no-go zone and that's why this um, interview, the article was so important to just say, um, seriously, I still cannot believe and I still cannot, I'm having trouble comprehending mm. that somebody could treat, speak, behave when their partner of 28 years is in palliative care. I, I, I just, mm. I'm still absolutely, um, I'm still sort of, I think I'm partially in a little bit of shock myself because who would ever think, like seriously, who, it, it just goes to, it, it just goes to show and that's the message here. If you are living in hope that there's going to be something that will change this behaviour, forget mm. it, forget it, absolutely forget it. And even from my own experience, I remember when I was diagnosed with cancer, I just want to put this bit in, mm, you know, my, my, my ex basically, you know, he was a bit more interested in, you know, he, he thought that he had this, you know, bad fluey thing that was going to you know turn into something else so yes. of course the focus went on that and I think he sort of more or less slapped me on the back and said you'll be right you'll yeah. be right you're you're strong you're a tough girl you'll be right you you'll get through it yes. and it was like 
hello, it's oh, I'm speechless. Just yeah, love love mm. yourselves, and mm. you know, and and, and darling, imagine if you stayed with this man, and imagine if you didn't heal from the inside out, you could have been exactly this woman lying in this palliative care while he's outsourcing supply because you, because he can't get anything from you anymore. Yeah, and that would have been the reality of it. I I know that I know that categorically, and I and I feel very um I feel very um grateful. Um, and I have a lot of gratitude for for life itself in the fact that I knew and and that I had the the courage and through um, getting the understanding because I was so in my head, Mel, mm. so in my head where everybody so else I. is. Yeah. Um, I actually am so grateful for that because I knew I just I just knew and I remember actually saying to you you know once before when we were chatting about energy and you you quite often talk about energy and it can be a really hard concept to really grasp for some people yeah, what energy sure. is and as I said to you it's like energy it's like a force it's like with animals it's like with horses um, you know, you can be standing 10 foot away from a horse and if you, you're you frightened of it, that animal, that instinct will pick it up instantly without you even laying a hand on it, touching it. Um, and energy is just a fantastic... Um, it's a fantastic part of our being that we need to pay attention to our energy because when you let somebody deplete your energy to the point of letting like a narc um, absolutely they emotional vampire that's what it means they suck that energy out of your body that that feeling that that energy that we are that our cells are energy our whole being is energy and when you let that be taken away and depleted it leaves you with absolutely nothing and it is so important to guard yourself and your life and your energy. Absolutely. I am so careful now. I'm even very careful about what I talk about. Yes. Um, what I talk, you know, I remember when I was a victim, oh my goodness, I look back now and I just think, you know, that's one thing, even what you talk about, um, your energy and you can feel it that was one thing that I really learned when I was healing was that if I got caught up again about really um, talking about what the narc had done to me which I know and for everybody listening I have been there I have empathy I get it I'm not judging but I want you to really think about this when it really became very apparent to me that when you continue on those conversations mm. I could feel like I could feel the energy was just getting it was like I might as well have been there with the with the narc because it was just getting sucked out of me even by talking about it and I know that's strange but everybody listening stop and get in touch with your body listen and Follow the feelings because it is your guide to free yourself out of this. Follow mm. and trust yourself. I think does that explain it? Because I know it's absolutely. 
flying very absolutely. hard. Absolutely. And then, you know, and the thing is with narc abuse, you know, we've been traumatized at deep, deep, deep cellular levels. It's like, you know, everything within our systems is disorganized, it's dis- depleted, it's traumatized, it's in shock and horror and you know, all sorts of stress syndromes and things like that. And then the the important thing is to heal yourself at that level, is to actually work, and that's why I love energetic tools. And it was like, you know, Margie, in my first NARC experience, I was 38 kilos, I'd lost all my hair, I was suicidal. And I had a kinesiologist pop up in my life by a bizarre synchronicity that was so meant to be because I was meant to Mm. live. You know, I lay on her table, I had an energetic healing and for the first time in, I think at that point I was about 18 months out and in and it was just a nightmare and for the first time I actually thought I have some hope because she released out of my body that cellular trauma and my mind reflected that shift and actually felt relief and that's your answer, that's your, that's your answer. You know, and that's why if we t- try to do it from the mind to the body, it's just so strenuous. It's very, very, very hard to do when 80% of your entire life is being generated from your internal subconscious cellular programs. You know, yeah, you're trying to fight Goliath with David. It doesn't work. Not for levels of trauma like this. Simple things in your life? Maybe. Or definitely. For simple things, if you've got enough mind power and focus and determination for things like this, no. No. And the other thing too, you know, Mel, as you know, I'm quite a spiritual person, not religious for anybody that's listening, but spiritual. Yeah. And Which is another the, great connection that we have. You know, we, yeah. love, we love that part of our connection. It's awesome. And, and my spirituality has just evolved um, mm. because I've worked very hard at that because, as I said, I knew that my my life um, was depending on that. Um, and mm. the other thing that I have really um, come to understand is that you think that your head and your mind, if you were to stop it like even um, even like Eckhart Tolle says staying in the moment is where the power is um, as well as when you actually can shut your mind and stop trying to resolve things with your mind and like through as you said Mel you know um, even like meditation and things like that what actually happens is this knowingness comes through from mm, this knowingness comes through from life itself, yeah, and once you've been touched by it, mm. and you and it gets you, it it just it's a knowingness, and um, mm. you actually end up it, it's it's like a miracle, and it, it was a, a massive part of my healing. But in saying that, I am going to say again that shifting the hurt and the pain out of your body. That is definitely, um, you know, that for me, that was that was the beginning, and and I've never ever looked back since. Never looked back. Um, and for those that you know, um, are really looking, yeah, I, I cannot, um, you know, I'll be eternally grateful to Mel forever for the work that she's put out because 
I yeah, and I just want to say that that's just a personal thank you to you. Yeah, yeah, and look, and that wasn't part of our. Well, that's right, and it wasn't part of our script, and it's not a sales pitch because no, it's not. You know, it certainly isn't. We're really passionate about this topic. We're really passionate about people not staying in there until it's too late. Yeah, And, and you know, and having said that. You know, we all know, you know, the aftershock that when you leave, you know, sometimes, well, often, you're tied up in survival and it's horrendous, it's horrific, but it's when you start doing no contact that the avalanche hits you and and that is when you've got to bog in and do the work to get through that because otherwise you cave in and go back. You know, with the first NARC experience, my God, I danced in and out dozens of times because, yes. you know, I didn't have the body shifts that got my mind yeah. straight enough yeah. to, to keep out and keep moving forward mm. without and going back to the addiction. Yeah, and look, you know, as I said, this this story is in. I'm, I wanted to share this, as I said to you, because if this mm. helps one person absolutely move forward and they can really resonate with what we've just, um, you know, shared. Um, my girlfriend's life, and I know that this sounds my girlfriend's life seriously. Um, mm. Her life's gone. She doesn't have a second chance. Yeah, it's there's. I, I can't even. I, I. I'm just. I'm just so. Just sad, and and having. And having. Um, I have such an understanding of what it's like to be in that terrible, terrible place. And as I said, I just wanted to share this because if this helps one person realise and understand that no, there is no magic wand that's going to make Prince Charming come back to life. There is no yeah. magic wand that's going to change a personality that is what it is. And I know and I'm passionate because I was I was one of those I, I lived in hope. I lived in hope for years and years and years and years and years. But I was lucky. I got a second chance because my my breast cancer absolutely was my second chance. It made me realise I was playing Russian roulette with my life. And if I can, you know, pass that on and get that message out, like this is serious this can be so serious depending on the level of abuse that people are experiencing. Um, you know, I just wanted to say, as I said at the, I think the heading on the um, the email that I had sent to you, you know, for those that live in hope, um, you know, basically don't because it is what it is and it will you will never, ever, ever be able to make that narc into a, functioning healthy and I use the word healthy person never never not yeah. not going to happen not going to happen absolutely and you know sitting back here at my computer doing what I do you know in the thousands of emails I've read I, I totally agree yeah I, you know if they're NPD and they do the classic things that NPDs do and I put that in that uh, blog article, you know, a month or so ago, which is Am I with a Narcissist? Probably more than a month ago. But it's all there. And if you're dealing with that, 
And you know, you will get times, which is normal, of the feigned compassion and the sorries and everything else. But I can assure you they're feigned. They're not genuine. They're there to keep narcissistic supply going. That's all they are. Because the truth of the matter is that if people are capable of NPD behavior, they are not capable of compassion and empathy because a real human being cannot behave in the ways that a person suffering from narcissistic personality disorder can point blank what you just said is so true and i i i suppose the reality really it it did like even though i've done so much work and i'm in a great place but the reality really really absolutely resonated yeah watching my girlfriend and listening to the rubbish that was coming through the phone and then you know on two days later the ridiculous innuendos in the text messages and the and the passing you know the the projection and and you're right no 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 compassion whatsoever not not one bit of compassion and absolutely just feigned you you, seriously i yeah, and that's what this program is about. If if you think that what Mel has just said is not that you know you live in that that glimpse of hope, that glimpse of hope will keep you hooked to a place that could take you to places that you really don't want to go to. If you if your health starts to suffer from it, mm. you really need to seriously um, really think long and hard and make make do the work to set you free from this nightmare that you are caught in because it's never going to be any different because they're not capable. They are just not capable. Yeah, they're not. They're not not capable. And that's probably the simplest thing that comes out of this is that they are not capable. We wish they were. And believe me, I longed that my narc was, but they're not capable. And that's why it would never, ever change. And you are really have to seriously um, think about what you're doing because it's going to affect you. Well, it does. It affects everybody. That's what narcissistic abuse is, is the result of dealing with somebody that is what they are. Or they are what they are, I should say. Yeah, they are. They are. And it just is what it is. And and look, and the the awesome thing, I mean, this has been a really... I mean, we've both been nearly in tears. And <laughs> but, you yeah. know, the the reality is there is life after. And, and, you know, Margie, oh, my goodness, you know, Margie, your life now is so gorgeous. You love your job. You've got an amazing community of friends. You've got an awesome little property going. You've got your horses. And you've got this divine man in your life that bears no resemblance no, in fact, in fact, you know, I I can't believe how my reality has just changed. I used to dream about this <laughs> and now I'm actually living it and I was so um you know, I I have done so much work. I think I've read every article on that you have, you know, put out there Mel um and really for me, I am just so thrilled because I 
I and know the warning signs. Think, I know yeah. the warning signs, and yeah. there was no way I was ever going to. Um, I, I just don't have that connection, and I really mm. for and me. Look, and the real reality is, is because you shifted so yes. much cellularly, yes. you weren't yes. a match for it anymore. No, that's what I was about to say to yeah. you. Yeah, that yeah. was exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I've had this wonderful person come into my life who I know is a match for where I'm at because I did. I did so much work. I was never, ever going to stop or give up until... And this, just my life changed, not not on a dime because I'd done two years of work. So for anybody listening, please keep that in mind, you know. Yeah. But it, it really did and, and I just cannot say there for anybody that thinks there is no hope, there is hope, but you have to, again, and I'm putting this out there because I know how lost I was, my life is just so um, the opposite to what it was. Don't ever, if you have that commitment to yourself and healing yourself, take the, you know, dedicate that to yourself. Anything in life is possible and boy, have I found that out. I put that out there and saying that that's what I wanted in my life was, you know, true love, peace and happiness basically. I really put that out there and um, and let it go and it didn't matter what the form of the true love was in and I said that to you once before, Mel, you know, mm. and I really meant that. And the other thing is it came through my body and my heart, not my head. I know that's the other thing. It's it's giving it out from that that really genuine place where mm. it's not just a wish. It's embodying it. As I said again, it was the embodying it, and boy, did it deliver it to me. I I still, you know, I it's, he's just not too good to be true. He's just a very decent, healthy person, and that is just, you know, it's just I'm just. You know, I feel so, so blessed. And then I think, you know, it's don't ever give up hope for anybody, you know, and I am. It's just, it's just even my children, because my relationship with my children suffered, you know, when I was in the NARC relationship, even the relationship with them has turned around. And you were so right. Once you get yourself right, everything just, life and source just starts to deliver it back to you. And there is no, you are a match. So true. You are a match for where you're at. And, and that is so important. It's so, so true. And that's the body work. You know, it's our body, it's our emotions that connect to the field of life. Not our intellect or what we're thinking. No. It's, it's, it's the body. body. It's our emotional vibration that is connected to the field of life. That's why we've got to get in our body and we've got to do the work in our body, body. to get the body matching up with the feelings and the knowings of, 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 of who we really are. And, and then life can deliver it can match us on that level and you know and that's just so been you know that's my experience too it's it's just it's just gorgeous when you come out of that hell where your body's just disintegrated you're in your mind in obsession and addiction and you oh. know horror thoughts of suicide and oh my god and yeah it, that i loved what you said the deep black hole that's what it feels like when you're in your mind in trauma and when you get back in your body and you start reorganizing that body and you start releasing pain and you start 
allowing your body to flourish with the well-being that it actually really is connected to the field of the well-being of life, well, then everything transforms. And that's what transformative work is about. That's how we up-level. That's how we evolve. So, you know, that's... Well, gosh, look how long we've been talking. You and I could talk forever. But, yeah, Margie, this has been amazing, you know, and I'm so glad that we've done this. If this helps one, this is going to help more than one person. We know that. But that's, that is our greatest heartfelt passion in this message tonight is we want you to wake up. We, we don't want more fatalities happening because of narcissistic abuse. This world needs to wake up. We all need to wake up. Oh, look, definitely, you know, and, and, Absolutely, it's you know mm. I w- I would do anything that I could in my power to to try and um you know as as I was saying please please to everybody listening you know like Mel used the word before about hope you know you you must you must do the inner work um and you must um love and cherish yourself. And when you can do that, everything else just starts to change. And once it starts to change, you know, it, it can be gradual. Don't expect that there's going to be yeah. something that's just going to... There's no magic wand. You have to commit to yourself. You yeah, have that's to, right. You have to commit to yourself if you want to step out of where you are. And, you know, it's just... It is, it is doable. And I seriously... I was in a place where I thought I, I didn't even know where to start, how to start. I didn't even understand what was happening to me. I didn't. I used to listen and listen and listen. I listened to podcasts. I was trying to get the the, the gist of what everything meant from distinguishing between your mind and your body. But if you have that commitment and dedication to yourself, which is self love and Something else that I learned about self-love that I just want to say that I used to do was like the stuff that used to go on in my head, boy, was I not loving myself. Seriously? Yes. Um, seriously? Mm. Um, you know, and when you love yourself and you don't traumatize yourself and mm. you can get what that means, it just, everything will change and it will will change and I am not saying this lightly I'm saying this from the heart and I have that belief that if anybody wants to do it you can you've got to commit to yourself and the bottom line is the energy that you put back you put into that narcissist you put back into yourself because you will never if you can do that you will, even if you've got to crawl, and I crawl, believe me. Oh, yeah, we all start off crawling. I crawled. And Mm. if you've got that commitment, it will bring it back to you because it cannot work any other way. You've got to have that commitment, and it will come back to you. It it cannot be any other way. Totally. You know, and I hope that this um, Mm. interview, it's been a very mixed interview in as much as that the article and the interview is about and basically dedicated to my beautiful girlfriend who I absolutely love and I just cannot believe that in her she is in her most 
darkest, when I say darkest, like I can't even imagine what she's feeling. And then mm. to have that dumped on her at this time, it's just, it's just incomprehensible. I I'm still can't even believe it seems surreal to me that it even happened because it was so inhumane. And, you know, mm. and that's... Absolutely, absolutely. And, and yeah... Oh yeah, well yeah, it is. It's a it's a classic, classic example. And I remember a, years ago, a narcissist in narcissistic injury that I did some healing work with. When I was back in those days of thinking that you know maybe energetic healing could heal narcissists. For anybody out there who's wondering, don't think it can, because as soon as they get a little bit of energy enough to start feeling better, then it's straight after narcissistic supply again. They don't stay in humility or take responsibility. They just don't. No, and they don't. They don't. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. You know, so you might get the ones that say, oh, well, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and do that. I had that with both narcissists. And, um, yeah, and, and then actually, you know, what they learn or discover gets used as a weapon against you anyway. It's all just to get narcissistic supply. But anyway, this narcissist who, um, he's one, one, an ex-partner committed suicide and he actually wore it as a badge. Mm. It was, he got a kick out of it and admitted that to me, that it made him feel really special that he could hurt somebody enough that they could kill themselves. So there you go. Mm, I think and cool. it does, it does. And this was a person that had a good job. I don't know what he looked like, but, you know, incredibly charming to talk to, softly spoken, you know, so he would be absolutely the type that could feign care and compassion and all sorts of things. But, you know, when a narcissist is in narcissistic injury, they'll actually start telling you the truth of how they actually think because the mask has dropped. And he admitted that like it was normal. To him, that was normal. You know, so what you're seeing, which is the nice stuff that you get to see, is actually the narcissist learning how to mimic that sort of thing to make them high functioning enough in the world to actually get the supply of what's really going on with the agenda underneath it. You need to understand that. So again, if you are not sure if you're with a narcissist, go to my blog article, Are You With A Narcissist? Read the information very honestly to yourself, especially with the part, how does a narcissist argue? There are very specific points in there. If you've got somebody in your life that argues like that, that is NPD. And if it's NPD, what that means is you are risking your life. End of story. And that is so true. And it's not only your physical life. You lose so much of your life. You can lose, you know, you can lose... 10, 5, 20 years of your life as well as losing, literally losing your life. So there's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot at stake, a lot of stake. And your children, your family, your everything. friends. It poisons everything. It's like, a, it's like this poison that just seeps everywhere when you're involved with a narcissist, which, you know, and we're not preaching to the converted out there in the community. You know that you're living it because it's all identical, I can assure you. So, Margie, Margie, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much, Mel. I, I, I cannot, you know, I, 
will always, as I said to you, I have learnt so much from you, from your blogs, um, your fantastic podcasts. I, yeah, this isn't a pitch for Mel, but from anybody listening, I am saying this genuinely from the heart. And you know, I, I, I will always, always, you will always be part of my life because you helped me save my life. Basically, in a nutshell. And sweetie, you know where you are and what, what you're, you know, you're my teacher too. We're all each other's teachers. We're all in this together. We're all one in this together. I want everybody to understand that. You know, I'm certainly not a guru. You've all got all the wisdom inside you and what I want to do is give you back to yourself so you find out the teacher and the wisdom and the incredible being you are because that's what we're meant to live. And I don't believe that there is anybody that goes through narcissistic abuse that is not meant to come out the other side of it fully moving into who you are. You can't go through an experience that horrific without having this enormous payoff on the other side by you connecting and committing to yourself and who you really are. So can I can I just say one thing on a final note because this sure. is really, this is going to sound crazy to everybody listening to this, but I think it's vitally important. You know, I have said to um, several people, and even even like I feel quite okay about saying this. You know, if I, where I'm at now within myself, with my life, with what's transpired in my life, the happiness um, that I have in my life, um, the the place that I'm at within my life is is really what I'm referring to. Um, I actually said to somebody, I would do it all again because it was a lesson for me I don't know how or why it doesn't really matter anymore and this is the spiritual side of me coming out Mel I, yeah. I, I mean it sincerely because where I am now I've never been in my whole entire life never and I mean you know I'm also 50 years of age um, so I just wanted to say that you know I even through my breast cancer, the awareness, the place that it drove me to, to look for answers from life within myself. Um, it's just been an amazing, it's been, it, it was a very um, terrifying journey. But if you do the work and you commit to yourself, you will find yourself somewhere that you could never dreamt that you could be and absolutely and and that's yeah that's absolutely just, you know yeah have that um, commitment to yourself because it will be well and truly well and truly worth it as as crazy as that all sounded and no, no, I don't know how that sounded but oh no it's I, perfect it's perfect I'm because just, you know when we take that radical responsibility and we go well you know what life is generating really unconsciously by default from you know painful belief systems that I've picked up in the womb or conception yeah. or you know through my childhood or whatever you know and and this is what's been the the end result life has shown the outer shows us the inner and then when we up-level, when we actually evolve those inner beliefs and we release those trapped painful emotions out of our body and come back to source and self and who we really are, 
we can access the field of life in ways that we never previously had access to. Yeah, and that is so true. It is so, so true, you know. It, it and you're living so, it. And I'm living it. And Yeah, you yeah, are living it. Yeah, I am it. living it, you know. And, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And many people are living it. And, you know, and that's why people say, you know, this whatever, you know, put in, fill in the brackets was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I totally claim that about narcissistic abuse, you know, and I know you do too. Yeah. So, my love, I think I we've gone on enough. Uh, and if people have, you know, hung out through this long enough, yeah. uh, us rambling, you know, lots of love to all of you out there too and, you know, lots of love to this cause. And please, please get behind this article. If you find that this has gone on a bit too much, but no, I'd love you to share the radio show too. You can hear, you know, there's so much heart in here. You, my God. I think we're both going to get off the phone and go get the tissues out and have a cry, aren't we, darling? Yes, yes. I know I am. So, Margie, thank you, darling. And we and keep me posted, of course. Yep. You know, we're going to be talking more with her, yep. where she is, and pouring love to her too. You know, I think the whole community is going to be pouring love to her. Wouldn't that be a gorgeous thing? I'd love everybody to do that out there. You know, listen to this and then just for 30 seconds or a minute, just... You know, imagine this lady, you'll pick up the energy through this by intention, that's all you have to do, and just imagine sending her love. Let's all try and send her off. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Send that love through. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Okay, thank everybody. You, thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Mel. Thank okay, you, everybody. everybody. Lots of love. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.